Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Welcome to our anniversary episode. Happy birthday, Healthy Family Project. Yay. Um, It's just hard to believe we've been producing the Healthy Family Project for an entire year. Um, I can remember back when our team was sitting around talking about potentially starting this podcast and now we're a year in. I'm so grateful for this experience and the chance to connect with all of you. We are going to do something really fun today. Well, it's hard to pick favorite snippets from all 26 episodes in the past year, We did pull several that stood out for one reason or another to share today. So if you haven't listened to all of this year's episodes, these snippets might inspire you to go back and listen or even re-listen because I know it's been a while. And then in celebration of our year, I'm also including a fun surprise from my daughter, Chef Charlie who you guys hear a lot about. Um, She's my selective eater. Um, And Grace from our team, who you know from our Healthy Bites segments. And then also Charlie is the one that signs off at the end of each episode um, saying be sure to subscribe. So keeping it in the family. Um, So like I said, Charlie is a selective eater and Grace is a former picky eater, reformed. Um, And then Charlie recently wanted to record her own podcast when it was um, Take Your Child to Work Day. She came along with me. Um, So when I share that later in this episode, that's going to be her quick stab um, at the job of podcasting host. Um, And I will share that midway through today's episode. Our first clip comes from my friend, Holly Granger, from Cleverful Living with Holly Granger. She is a mom of two wonderful little girls and a registered dietitian and a wife. And I've known Holly for several years now, and we always have the best conversations around picky eaters. Usually lots of laughs and real real talk. She is real, that's for sure, when it comes to dealing with the kiddos and their selectiveness. So we had a great conversation about picky eaters in episode two. This clip talks about how bringing kids into the kitchen encourages trying new foods and her love for dips. I found that with the girls, they've had the best luck and I've had the best luck getting them to try new things when they actually have their hands on it. And when they are, um, they're right there in the trenches with me. So whether it's trying to figure out what we're going to eat and that may be you know, meal planning on a Sunday, which of mm-hmm. course always sounds great, but many times it's 5.30 and we're standing yes. in the pantry <laughs> and the refrigerator trying to figure out what leftovers we can bring back to life or what's in the fridge that, you know, we can kind of think, all right, this is like a version of Chopped where what, <laughs> yes. what do we have and what are we going to create? Um, so, but bringing them in is good. I mean, I'll never forget. It's the funny little things that stand out with the girls that I had Francis rinsing a can of black beans in the sink for me, just in the colander ones. And she stood there at the sink and just ate black bean after black bean after black bean. And it was like, I am not going to say a word. Or no, because <laughs> who knows if she'll eat them again. But it was just that like, oh, these are these are good. And I mean, it was straight out of the can. They weren't warm. They'd been rinsed off of, you know, some of the stuff on them. But she just stood there happy as could be and ate them. So. You know, just bringing them in is good. And then we have lots of luck with things like um, dip, dip ranch dressing and ketchup and guacamole Mm -hmm. are certainly vehicle foods in our family. And, you know, I don't I don't bat an eye at pulling out ranch dressing full fat. 
in the bottle, whatever it is, you know, if it means that they will dip carrots into it. So that's um, that's certainly one thing that that we try to do. Be sure to listen to episode two with Holly to get the full scoop on how to deal with your picky eater. And when the holidays are rolling back around in the fall, you'll have to listen to our holiday two-part series focusing on balance around Halloween, Thanksgiving, and more. And those are episodes 12 and 13 with Holly Granger. Now with summer nearly upon us, it's probably a good time to revisit episode three with psychologist Dr. Stephanie Smith. You can find her over at drstephaniesmith.com. She's mom of three and had great input when it comes to managing screen time. I know this is a hot topic for, it was a hot topic entering into summer last year and it still continues to be a hot topic. This clip resonated with me as a mom who tends to be on the phone quite a bit myself. So, you know, this this is a tough one for sure. And as I was thinking about having this conversation with you today, I tried to be honest with myself about how much I'm on my phone in particular mm-hmm. and decided to download an app that oh okay <laughs> on my on my use of my phone and sort of compared my version of what I thought to the reality of like how much I'm actually logging into my phone, how much time I'm actually looking at different apps and things. And it was uh, sobering, Mm -hmm. to say the least. Um, So I think that would be my first tip for folks. Um, All of us are are generally pretty bad reporters of what we do in reality. Right. Um, You know, like, oh, I only have one small cup of coffee a day. In actuality, (laughs) it's five large mugs. Uh Exactly. We we just kind of all are that way. So I think it can be useful, again, to use the resources that are are available to us to maybe use one of these monitoring apps, even, you know, for a few days or a couple weeks, to really understand our own behavior um, online or on screens. And then um, if, if we don't feel like what we're doing is consistent with what we're asking our kids to do, you know, maybe we need to make some tweaks on our own before we dive into changing our kids' behavior. Um, So if that means, you know, oh my gosh, I'm like on the screen 90% of the time between 5 p.m. and 9 p.m., yikes, that's not really consistent with what I'm asking the kids to do. Um, I'd like to get that down to 10% of the time or whatever. Um, So I think that can be a good um, initial step in in creating this larger change within a family system um, is challenging ourselves to be um, really in line with our overall goals. I love Dr. Stephanie's recommendation of being honest with ourselves. I know it can be hard sometimes, but being aware of our own actions can really help us guide the kids and lead a great example for them. Technology is an amazing thing, but like everything, balance and being aware of your usage is key. Um, When I recorded episode 18, which is up next, the food waste episode with my friend Pamela Riemenschneider from Produce with Pamela and Produce Blue Book Services, I knew food waste was going to be a hot topic in 2019. It was a hot topic in 2018, but it has really just far exceeded my assumption here in 2019. 
I'm so glad because all we all need to be concerned and take action when it comes to cutting back food waste. In this clip, Pamela talks about easy ways families can reduce food waste. It's not just grocery stores and big organizations who can make a difference. A lot of what I see um, when it's talked about when it comes to food waste uh, revolves around what grocery stores can do or, or uh, farmers can do, um, harvesting more uh, seconds or imperfect or ugly produce. Um, but uh, and then, of course, those are some big numbers. But what I like to emphasize with consumers is that according to uh, ReFed, which is an organization dedicated to reducing food waste, and, and the, the greatest impact, um, the most impactful thing that we can do to reduce food waste is consumer education and changing consumer behavior because most food is wasted at home. Uh, I have a little saying and, you know, it kind of sends me off on a tangent, but I, I say, I call it, don't turning your crisper, don't turn your crisper drawer into an oubliette. Um, an oubliette is, uh, what they used to have in a French castle. It was a, it literally means a place to forget. So, <laughs> you know, you see a lot I get of things about yes. this, right? Yeah. You go on the internet and people, you know, do, take a picture of their crisper drawer and it's like all sad, wilted produce, um, and it's where good intentions go to die sometimes, yes, especially when people are doing, um, new year's resolutions, they go out and they buy a ton of fruits and vegetables because they're going to eat healthy now. Um, but you need to be able to plan ahead and I want to try to make it easy for people because I, I don't want to overwhelm people with, um, all these things that you need to do to make sure you don't waste food. So step one is just buy with a purpose. Shop yes. with a list to a degree. I'm not saying you have to have a regimented list, though. So you have a plan of what you're going to buy, but that doesn't mean you can't look around in the store. So, Because I'm really bad about walking through the store and finding this beautiful display of produce, and it's something maybe I didn't plan. And groceries do, grocery stores do this on purpose, and that's okay. It's okay to be lured away by one of these beautiful displays because – it's usually something that's either, you know, at the peak of its season or on sale. So maybe you had planned to buy carrots and have carrot sticks as a snack on your grocery list and you see they're sampling something like jicama. So sub out your carrot sticks and do jicama and that way you try something different and you got it at a good deal because it was on sale that week. So, you know, sub things out. Don't necessarily... Um, go into the store, see a beautiful display and add that on top of it. I know the grocery store would love it if you would just buy extra, but when you get home and you have 10 different snacks, maybe that's too much for one grocery right. trip. And we just yeah. talked about this today, our team here at Produce for Kids. So we're talking a lot about meal planning and um, <clears throat> we all agreed as, you know, personally that when we when we do, there's weeks that we do and we don't, but the weeks that we do create a meal plan, however simple it may be, we recognize that there's less waste than if we don't have a plan, however simple that may be. Don't let those good intentions die, folks. Buy food with a purpose and a plan. To hear more from Pamela, I highly recommend listening to the entire episode 18 or heading to Produce with Pamela on YouTube. I'll link up in the show notes. Now, before we jump into more meal planning clips, we have a couple meal planning clips coming up. Let's pause because I know you're all dying to hear um, this quick strawberry podcast from Charlie and Grace. 
Today we'll be telling the story about the scared strawberry. Hi friends, I'm joining Charlie. My name is Grace and I will be helping to tell the story. All right, Charlie, let's start. Okay, so once upon a time, there was a strawberry named Iris. Okay, and Iris was in the fridge living happily with her strawberry friends going about life. And then someone asked her, maybe you should go join the salsa. Iris was a little scared. She's never been in a salsa. She's used to being in smoothies, over yogurt parfaits, in um, yummy summer drinks. She's never been in a salsa and she was scared. What does that mean for her? This is very different. So she decided to think about it. She thought for two whole days. She wasn't ready to join the salsa. Would the tomatoes be nice with the onions and basil, the salt and pepper? She doesn't usually get paired up with those guys, and she was pretty worried. Then she knew what to do. She decided to be brave and tried it out. The day came, and Mia opened the fridge, getting ready to make a delicious salsa for her and her family to enjoy. And she grabbed the basket that had Iris inside. And then when Iris was put with the salsa, she decided that even though it was a weird combination, that... People liked it a lot more. Iris could see that the salsa was making the family happy. They enjoyed the flavors. They liked that combination, a little sweet and savory. And she decided she was happy. She didn't have anything to worry about. And they all lived happily Happily ever ever after. Gotta Love It, a podcast about strawberries and acceptance. Two of my favorite things. We did a meal planning series if you'd like to go back and listen. They were episodes 21 to 23. I learned a lot from three amazing meal planners in that series, Jessica Levinson of the 52-Week Meal Planner, Heather England of Fit Mama Real Food Radio, another awesome podcast you need to go subscribe to, and Briarly Horton, a mom, registered dietitian, and contributor to some of your favorite health and food magazines. Um, Talking with these ladies, we were able to share lots of laughs and easy tricks and tips. Um, Definitely must listen to episodes in uh, my perspective. And then one of my favorite clips was with Brayerly when she talked about how exactly to make time for meal planning. I know that's that's the age-old question. We know meal planning will take some stress out of our week. It'll make just make life easier, healthier. But how do we really make time to meal plan? Let's listen in. But what I always tell people is to start small. You don't have to plan every single meal for every single day of the week or even the month. Um, you can start by planning just dinners three nights a week or just two full days if that's what, you know, if breakfast and lunch is more important for you to plan. I personally find that for families, dinner is usually where they need the most structure because breakfast, you tend to eat the same couple of things. Mm -hmm. Lunch, they, you know, either, I don't know if it's parents or, um, you know, adults, they're eating out maybe if they're at the office or if they're taking, maybe it's leftovers for school lunch, you know, they maybe use things that are on hand. But when it comes to dinner, that's the part that they really need to um, focus on when it comes to planning. But really, it's not necessary to start with planning everything at one time. And I also highly recommend scheduling at least one night off from cooking. Um, I totally rely on making enough food for leftovers at least once a week. Um, And sometimes that one night off a week from cooking is takeout or, 
you know, a freezer meal that I got at Trader Joe's. Um, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be freshly cooked every single night of the week. Instead, I kind of have tried to shift my mindset and say, okay, I'm not going to get everything done, but let me just do a little bit. And it makes, you know, and it makes it enough of a difference that it's kind of rewarding. So I would say take advantage of like either a lazy weekend morning or a lazy weekend afternoon where maybe your kids are off at a play date or visiting grandparents or they're having a sleepover if they're old enough to have a sleepover or they're going to a birthday party and you've, you know, planned a carpool with another parent in the neighborhood or something along those lines. And so maybe you only have, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes and you just take a little bit of time to prep your veggies or mix together the you know, the dry ingredients for a muffin recipe or a quick bread. Um, I'm also a night owl and I know everybody is not a night owl. So I, but I think this can apply to our early morning people as well. But, you know, after I get my kids to bed and I've cleaned up from dinner, I don't necessarily always have the energy to sit down and do a little bit more work or read a book because I'll fall asleep quickly. And, uh, you know, maybe I've, worn out my TV shows or whatever that I want to watch. So instead for me, baking is very relaxing. Um, and so I'll take that, that time to, to bake something or even to just prep the ingredients to then mix it together and bake it in the morning or something along those lines. And that's kind of like, I think if you just take little chunks of time or times where maybe you won't be super productive at something else, but you can pick some type of prep that is fairly mindless for you. And I think that it varies. Like maybe somebody else might find making a soup mindless and baking stressful. Like just, just kind of ID what works for you and try and squeeze in a little bit here or there. And then the more you do it, and I say this about meal planning in general, like the more you do it, the more rewarding it is. And so then the more likely you are to continue to repeat that habit. We're going to round out this anniversary episode with a dinner hack clip from episode nine, where we talked to Aggie Goodman. She lives near me here in Florida, and Aggie helps us at Produce for Kids um, in developing some of our recipes that you find on the Produce for Kids website, and she's also the author of Aggie'sKitchen.com. Now, here's a quick dinner hack clip from Aggie. If I plan ahead, obviously, like everyone else, if you plan ahead, um, things just run a little bit smoother. So what I like to do is um, see what's on sale um, as far as pre-cut veggies, because they are definitely um, a time saver no matter what. Um, So if I see some of those bagged veggies, the mixed ones, the broccoli, um, you know, I... I definitely like to pick those up and then kind of plan meals around them, like whether it's a stir fry or um, throwing it in with pasta and like a protein. Um, so I definitely like am all about the pre-cut veggies. I like cutting my own veggies, but reality is um, I just don't have the time all the time. And right. if I can, you know, if I can get a shortcut that way, that there's I have nothing. There's no problem with that at all. So I definitely try to plan around like sales um salad kits have become my friend lately um you know three out of five of us in our family love to eat salad so it's been fun to to try different salads and to like just add them on as a quick side or to add like protein to it um and then uh you mentioned pantry and pantry is always a big deal for me too because i have like a, a nice stocked pantry and it's definitely been my saving grace for many 
many, many nights. Um, pasta, I always have like, you know, a ton of different kinds of pasta. Uh, rice and like couscous and quinoa, like things that, you know, can last for a long time. And um, like canned tomatoes, beans. So the, all that kind of stuff, definitely, um, if you need to just throw something together or, you know, just for a quick meal or add to a meal, like all that stuff comes in handy. Yes, I've found over the years, I have definitely identified a lot of those staples myself where I'm like, all right, I know if I have these things in my pantry, when the time comes, I can whip something up. (laughs) Pasta, canned tomatoes, and then like a bag of broccoli florets is like my staple pasta. And then you just add like ground turkey or ground beef, you know, just to add to the sauce or chicken. I mean, it's like, it doesn't get any easier than that. So exactly. Um, yeah. It's like a no brain. You, you come up with a, a few no brainers. It was really hard to pull just a few clips from 26 episodes. There are so many great tips and thoughts and ideas that have been shared over the year. If you're feeling overwhelmed with all the episode mentions, I know I've mentioned a lot, don't freak out. We have those linked up in the show notes so you can head over there and navigate. And then um, remember, we have lots of new summer content available on produceforkids.com from recipe inspiration to blog posts to help you nail your your um, upcoming potluck cookout. I know there's going to be a lot of those going on. Um, as always, all of our our recipes are approved by a registered dietitian and tested by our families over here at Produce for Kids. So um, if you if you tweet with me direct, I can can usually have some feedback on a lot of those different recipes. We've tried most all of them in our home over the years. Thank you for listening and supporting the Healthy Family Project over our first year. It's truly humbling to look at the journey and all of the amazing people who have been part of the Healthy Family Project. We have lots of exciting things lined up for the upcoming year, so be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the Healthy Family Project, please tell a friend and leave us a rating. It will only help our visibility so we can continue to create a healthier generation together. If you want to tweet direct with me, I'm at Amanda M. Kiefer on Twitter. I'd love to hear what you think of episodes, if you have questions, or a topic idea for the show. And you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.